are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right. It's Andy, producer, by the way, or producer BTW on Twitter. And sitting across from me is Danny Gutz. What's up, everybody? At DGutierrez84, if you guys want to follow me. Yeah, and uh, I would say it's about a week later after our Vegas trip. Um, Which was amazing. Uh yeah, it was amazing. It was it was incredible. Uh, we've probably mentioned it on some other episodes we posted. Sir, you're going to hear a lot about it more in the future. But it was it was really a, important. It's still on our mind. Yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, I'm recovering. So still a week yeah. later. Yeah, I okay. need to recover. That was a lot of crappy food that I was eating from the from the Hampton sure. Inn. That <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Travacana. The, the the continental breakfast in the morning was uh, once sometimes okay. questionable the second time was <laughs> awful yeah but anyways uh guys if you this is your first uh podcast link to us thank you so much for for checking in we are the coin boys you can visit us at thecoinboys.com you can follow us on twitter at the coin boys podcast and instagram at coinboyscast email us the coinboys at thecoinboys.com. We also have a phone number, but I'm forgetting that right now. But you can go to thecoinboys.com and figure that one out. Uh, and leave us a message. Why not? S- no one, a few people have used it. Yeah. But uh, it's there. Nothing that we could play. Just leave us a comment. If it's you have fine. a question, you know, you can leave a voicemail on the phone number and we could play it on the show. Yeah. And one of the things that we, we do here is we never talk about price and we'll repeat that over and over again. Uh, but we also like to talk to the community, the content creators. We've been lucky enough these past few weeks to talk to some some bigger people. And uh, again, we also meet them in person and meet them in person. And again, uh be open. It's not one coin rules them all. So be open and listen to and the other episodes. And it's not one enthusiast yeah. rules it all either. Again, if everyone has their own opinions. If it doesn't work, maybe something from that technology will move on, and you want to keep it going. Um, but the one cool thing uh, that we also like to do is promote more independent developers, more independent um, content creators out there. Yep. Because it, without that, we have no economy. We have nothing to to push and and to move these things. Yes. So that's what today is about. Today is about actually someone that we do know in real life, and we met in real life actually before Twitter. We met Nick in real life. Yes, um, he introduced us to actually the Blockchain Beach people with uh, actually another uh, a friend and partner that we've been doing stuff with, PJ from uh, Melrose PR. PR. Uh, we had a great time meeting him. It kind of set us up at our first Blockchain Beach event. Then he did the Crypto Yacht event, which we'll talk about. But more importantly, he's a programmer. And we talk about some internet history in this episode, which was really cool. Uh, yeah. He gives us a little bit of background on him. Uh, we talk about Receipt Chain, which is his uh, his marketplace, if you want to uh, mention that a little bit, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, it's basically, he'll talk a little bit about it, but um, it's the answer to all the problems that Craigslist has. Yes, but he is very uh he loves craigslist and i think a lot of people do i i do there's things i love about he likes he likes free market he likes uh, and it's always you know we're throwing so many things away i like second buying things secondhand whenever craigslist still allows you to be anonymous you can be anonymous yes your email doesn't show you can choose that right you can choose to be anonymous uh, he has some really interesting takes on that, and then he will tell us about Receipt Chain and what's, what's going on with that, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the LA community out here, yeah. because Nick is someone we've seen at multiple places, uh, which whether it was the Invest Summit or Blockchain Beach or another meetup. He also runs a meetup as well himself. I'm going to throw to, actually, Nick explaining to us his programming background before cryptocurrency. I think it was just 
curiosity. Like the internet was new and it's just really exciting and you could talk to people. I love talking to people around the world. Um, just, you know, being able to turn on the AOL chat room and um, talk to people, you know, in other countries is just mind blowing, you know? Um, and, you know, what else was really cool is like, you didn't have to be yourself. You know, this was when the internet was still like, okay with being anonymous. And I think that's one of the best traits of the internet is being anonymous and giving voices to people who are anonymous. Um, so even though I was a 16 year old kid, I could be, you know, a business guy, or I could be from China, or I could be from Oklahoma, you know, and like nobody knew who or what I looked like. So I could become all these characters and like talk to people without them having any biases or, you know, stereotypes. And you could really learn so much more. Now it's like everybody has to have a picture and history and, and it's like confining. It's like, taking the heart out of the internet. I think Mark Zuckerberg is like, try to kill the internet. Yeah. Yeah. You have a valid point because I think I grew up in kind of the same generation as you. Like I experienced the early days of chat rooms on AOL. Like, and I think back in those days, no one's like, it would be weird if you were on camera, right? It would be weird. Like if you said, if someone knew what you looked like, do you remember? Like, yeah, it's that it, it was, yeah, it was anonymous, like, like Bitcoin. Yeah. Apparently it was like magic. It was like, it was, it was cool. like logging into a, a novel. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like I used to read a lot too. And like you, you, you log in and everything's text, you know, you're in, in the fantasy world you create everything like, you know, who you are, like, you know, what, what do you do? You know, like how old you are, like what, you know, every, <laughs> your ASL, like, what, my friend. Whoever you could create is who you really were. If you are good at creating details, then that's who you were, you know? And like, it, that's that's what you learn. Like the real world is sort of like that. And the only, the only people who try and pigeonhole you into like, like narrowing down exactly what you are and think are people who want to use you. Um, and so like, that's the kind of trap that I think the internet has come into is like advertisers and people who want to use other people I've said, well, no, we, we want to narrow down exactly who you are. We don't want you to be anything you choose. We want you to like put yourself in a, in a, in a column and we want you to, you know, say all your attributes and your parameters. And, and, and this is exactly what, what we're going to advertise to you. And we're going to make money this way. That's not, that's not in the interest of the users. That's in the interest of um, the sellers and people who are trying to modify behavior in order to, um, to make you expend your energy and your money on their product so um so that's really like if you really like the yin and yang of the internet like the, the the good and the evil like the good is the anonymous is the bitcoin is the is the the tor and the onion that's the good and it's mixed up you people think that's the opposite but that's that's the, the tr reality is that the good is the anonymous is where everybody is equal and the bad is where everybody puts down their name and address. Yes. <laughs> those those, those oh, are the, that's the real. And also true... putting and put others up on pedestals that really don't deserve to be up that high on a pedestal of some sort. I'm looking at you. Yeah. A YouTubers. A lot of them. Yeah. And even YouTubers go got by pseudonyms like, you know, the best, you know, a lot of like really popular YouTubers. They're not they're creating characters. You know, and they're being those characters. I really you know, hope like, that that's the case. <laughs> I think a lot of them are like, you know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, Probably in real life, I, I think I don't know, like people like, um, like Logan Paul and stuff. Like those are the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think I think like there's that's sort of a character he's playing too. I mean, 
um like because he's trying to make money you know like sure. he's, he's doing like whatever he can to make money and it's like slutty and it's like it's dickish whatever. <laughs> it's very dickish but yeah but if it wasn't for youtube would he be that person right. i don't know exactly i don't know it's, um, uh... so, so yeah that's that's the internet that i love that's like the internet that i like um that's the internet that i that i you know fell in love with um and that's why i was so attracted to um creating applications for the internet, programming, adding to it, creating to this magnificent beast that allows everybody to communicate on an equal playing field. Um, and so that's that's the kind of, that's that's where my programming interests came from, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of just came out of there. Nice. Uh, actually, we're, uh, Daniel and I, I mean, we love talking about crypto, but technology and like the history of the internet is something that I'm fascinated with. So I'm actually glad that you shared that because um, I can relate. And uh, it's interesting how you mentioned how it's kind of flipped the Internet, where it was anonymous. And now all the bad stuff that's anonymous is the good stuff. And it's, when you're show, you know, showing your address, that's the bad stuff. It's kind of crazy. I, and, yeah. then, you know, and then they want to shut down the Internet. And, and it has to but be you regular. know what it was is there was a study. Point, point, and I think the study still is kind of valid, but like. You know, online dating happened before you could put up profile pictures quite often. Like online dating started well, back in the chat, chat room days. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so there was a big there was a poll that went out saying uh, what was the number one woman's fears? And what was the number one man's fears about meeting somebody that they that they met online? The woman was afraid that the person was going to kill them. The man was afraid that it was actually a man when it was a woman who wanted to, <laughs> to, to be on it. And yeah. like the anonymity got taken away. So I guess hopefully some of the fears went and brought a lot of people together in terms of being less anonymous. Right. But, um, but I still like the privacy when you choose it. Absolutely. And, and Nick, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Nick. I was just saying, I mean, it should, it should be an optional thing. I mean, there's always like a time and place for certain things. And, um, and, and, but there's certain people in, um, there's certain legislators who would prefer to never make it available for people to be, um, anonymous and, and you know when anonymous is super important i mean like uh, when it's important when it's a matter of life or death is when it comes to uh, people who are being taken advantage of speaking their opinions so so if you're if you're living in a world that um where there's something really heinous going on like um somebody's abusing you or taking advantage of you and, and it, it's dangerous for you to say your opinion um and attach it to your your physical identity then you need a forum in order to say that those things where the world can hear you, but you can still maintain some safety. And that's the kind of anonymity that the internet used to provide and that le certain legislators are trying to get rid of in the name of things like um, stopping child pornography and, and, you know, and, and things that are um, not actually the, the true intent of what, of what they're trying to stop. They're unrelated issues that they're blanketing so that they can get rid of the parts of the internet that scare them, yeah. but are really like some of the best parts of speaking a voice, freedom of speech. Those are some of the best parts of the internet and they need anonymity is absolutely fundamental to those things. Wow. And that's what this decentralized internet services, all this stuff, Ethereum, um, Bitcoin, decentralized applications, it's all speaking to those issues. And that's, that's why I'm still here. Yeah, that's that's those are the reasons why we're in here, as well. Um, now, what initially got you into the crypto space? Because you're again, you have so many things that you're doing 
that we just want people just to get to know you and and kind of follow you uh, follow along. So, what initially got in uh, got you into crypto? Um, so I was kind of sucked into crypto by like um, a, a friend. Um, I was I found out about Bitcoin and stuff before. Um, you know, I met this this guy who like really introduced me to the, more of it. But I was um, I'd heard about Bitcoin. I took minor on back in you know when I was. 29, like 2008 or 2009. And I was like, um, you know, experimenting with it. And I, you know, I couldn't like mining, other people were already mining faster. So I didn't get many Bitcoins when I was mining and, um, and nobody else was using it. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know about Mount Box. I didn't know where you could buy, just buy Bitcoins for cash. So I was, you know, like, this is, you know, kind of interesting, but I just put it down. And then it wasn't until like years later that, um, a friend was that I met um, just randomly at like a party was uh, talking about how he needed help with a project he wanted help, um, and so he he was building like his own blockchain project, and um, I kind of like got involved with helping with that, and that was like four or five years ago, and that really introduced me to like um, blockchain technology and um, how to ha- how that sort of works and. Um, and at the time, four you know, like four years ago, Bitcoin was probably like a hundred bucks, and and people were still there wasn't this craziness that's going on now, you know, like it, like blockchain wasn't even really like the buzzword, you know, <laughs> it was like Bitcoin, and like I don't even remember if I ever said blockchain, like I knew what how it worked, I knew how the the cryptographic hashes stacked on top of each other and like changed from each other, but I'm not sure we even said the word blockchain. And no um, one on Twitter existed. Like there was like no one on Twitter. No one was like barely anyone was talking about it on social media. Cause I was around yeah. those days. Yeah. Nobody was, I mean, I felt like it was just me and like, and guy like, um, just hanging out and like, and he seems sort of like maybe he might be crazy. And I, and I'm like, this is way too much thought. I'm getting this thing that I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. Um, and it took a lot of energy. I mean, it took months of like of, of late night conversations and talking and looking at the code to really get my head around like how this stuff worked. Um, and you know, then it comes like years later, and people are like, "Oh, how's this stuff working?" And they want like simple answers. And I'm like, "Dude, like I'm a programmer. It took me months, <laughs> you know, yeah. to like get into how this actually works." Um, so like, but that's the thing is like I was like. You know, this guy he kept telling me, he was like, hey, you know, this is going to be the future. This is big. And like, you know, and just because I'm curious about uh, new technology and programming, and I, like, I, I thought this is really cool. Like, I like, I like, you know, like this kind of thing. And it's like, I like challenges and, it, and it's really hard. And I like just doing hard things. So I guess I was just attracted to the challenge of it, you know. That's cool. So that kind of like segues us over to, Receipt chain, which is something that uh, you're working on, and it's a project you're developing. And I'd love for you, for some people that might not have heard about it, uh, what is it, and what are you guys doing? Okay, so receipt chain basically kind of stemmed out of uh, my um, involvement with um, blockchain and watching the people who use blockchain um, really not have anything to do with their cryptocurrency. Um, so you have Bitcoin and you have people like amassing like the, the cryptocurrency and and then you have people trying to implement it in payment solutions and then people converting it into fiat 
and um and and people really having a hard time spending cryptocurrency and um and so if you kind of relate that to what else is going on in my life i love craigslist okay craigslist right. is one of my favorite things on the planet i've lived my life off of craigslist i've you know got apartments off craigslist i've bought and sold thousands of things on craigslist um i love reusing things i love getting deals i i, I more or less like bargaining a little bit um it's it's i feel like it's like power to the people craigslist right um so so i was thinking this is a perfect marriage of technology is you have uh you, you have people who have cryptocurrency and then and they're peer-to-peer -peer, sending it back and forth and then you have people who want to do deals with each other peer-to-peer -peer deals um so so if you marry these two concepts together then you have the instant marketplace with all the things in the world you can buy and sell and use things new things services um and then people then the best part is that you don't have to convert so when people the, the biggest problem with cryptocurrencies and the thing that everyone's always talking about is it's it's unstable it's it's volatile right but it's yeah. only volatile if you compare if you're converting it okay so right. this is the, that's the thing that people like it's like the missing link like what it's volatile if you're converting it like a bitcoin is volatile when you compare it to, to when you're buying and selling dollars with it but if you're just spending bitcoin as bitcoin then it's extremely stable yes. one bitcoin it's never anything else except for one bitcoin um so th th that's the answer to the question of volatility is to not convert your Bitcoin, not convert your cryptocurrency, um, is to use it as it is. And then, and then you have an extremely stable currency. And so, so it's, that's, I mean, that's a great point to essentially, it's kind of like a, it's basically what the dream is, is adopt, which is match, mass adoption, uh, is what you're basically saying. But, um, it's kind of another way to think of, 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 of holding and using. So that's very interesting the way you put it. Yeah. So, so that's what receipt chain is, is a marketplace that kind of does things like Craigslist does. It does things like let go or offer up or a lot of other peer to peer marketplaces. Um, but also, uh, uses cryptocurrency as a first class citizen. Um, so you can use it directly for all your transactions. Um, on top of that, it also happens to track all the things that you buy and sell if you choose to. Yeah, which is so, the very yeah. a very interesting concept that you had had uh, we had heard about earlier when we first met you. Yeah, so um, so there's a few projects. There's actually a lot of projects that want to do like blockchain logistics or are doing blockchain logistics, mm -hmm. um, and they're you know sending bananas here and there, or they're tracking diamonds, or they're tracking you know, specific industry verticals. Um, and that's great for them. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're using the blockchain. Hopefully they're making it a little, they're not completely making it private. I mean, there's some benefits to having um, a sort, sort of private blockchain, but really you don't get the biggest benefits unless you're decentralized, or at least you can audit your blockchain onto a, a larger, more decentralized network. So you can prove that you're not changing your blockchain. Um, those, I think those are the biggest benefits. So if you have a completely private blockchain, you're doing like banana shipping. Um, nobody knows if you changed your blockchain or not, like you could change it anytime you want and nobody would know if, cause you're, you're holding all the data. Um, so, 
in order to really do logistics or tracking, you need to have some sign of centralization or decentralization. And so um, and that's a massive problem. Nobody's been able to solve it. IBM can't solve it. Um, IBM especially can't solve it because they're, they're, they're never going to be a decentralized company. So um, like there's a bunch of companies, you know, doing logistics, doing um, tracking, but they're sort of in their own verticals. Um, and w which means that they're never going to take uh, advantage of the biggest um, advantages. Actually, the only reason people use blockchain, which is the uh, more trustful nature or detrustful, however you want to say, just the fact that the data um, can be relied on to have not changed. Um, so there's a few companies like um, there's a few companies like um, Walton Chain and um, and um, what's the other one? V Chain oh, yeah. that are that are trying to be more open. I think um, I haven't delved into them lately, but they're still working with their pilots or like verticals and industries. Um, but you know th that's noble. I think that's that's the end game is to be more widely adopted and to and for more than one you know company to own that um that uh that blockchain and it, for it to be more of an open system and so receipt chain is an attempt to do the right thing from the beginning <laughs> so if you're going to be tracking if you're going to be doing any kind of logistics or uh ownership tracking or ownership uh, or custodial tracking on a blockchain and it ultimately needs to be open it ultimately needs to be decentralized or all of your data cannot be trusted. Um, so, so uh, that's what it is. It's an open system. It's it's designed to be. Right now, it's auditing on the main chain. It's not doesn't have a lot of mining nodes, which we'll try and introduce later um, as soon as we can figure out the best way to to make it easy for people to set up. Um, but right now, we we have we we have a side chain that that inter that intersects with. Ethereum basically so that, so that we can prove that we're not changing our history which is the best thing best thing we can do right now that's for scalability. Really, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. I was going to say, I mean, it's just I would assume that a blockchain is just trusted in general, but the fact that you're doing a side chain to to double check yourselves is really cool. Well, you know, so like when well, back when I was learning about blockchains, like, you know, one of the interesting things I found out um, which, you know, which is why everyone should learn more about blockchains is that in order to validate that your whole blockchain history is um, true, you only need the last bit. You only need the last block or two of, of data. Um, and if those hashes match up to the rest of your to the rest of history, then if that if that chain, well, you actually need the whole chain if you're going to validate validate the whole thing. But you can validate the, the block before you, and you can. And then if and then that block can validate the block before it. So what you can do is, as long as you have the la the latest chain, the latest hash um, of your your Mer Merkle tree root, then you can essentially uh, you can essentially prove that you haven't been changing your entire rest of your blockchain if somebody were to download your entire blockchain and and start uh, matching um, huh. doing the hash matches all the way from the last one you checked in on the main chain to the root to the the first to the genesis block yeah, see, so yeah this is why we had you on nick because yes you are doing receipt chain you are and you're doing a few other things but the knowledge that you have is is immense and you're honest with everybody so that's yeah, why no, we appreciate it's cool that. that um you're telling us what to look out for <laughs> thanks um yeah so i i it, it's a 
it's an enormous endeavor what I'm trying to do here. Um, and I have a really small team. Um, uh, but like, I think that this is the, the right way to do it is to build this sort of logistics software um, like this um, from the beginning so that um, if, if logistics tracking and, and custodial tracking like bananas and, and other agriculture or guitars or whatever is actually going to work, it's going to have to be, the architecture is going to have to be something like this. So, um, so we'll, we'll build it now. And there's so much, I mean, we have a lot of it done, but, um, but there's getting, there's a huge mountain of work still to do. And, um, one of the things that I think is important is to make it a tool or to make this sort of object tracking software tool that anybody can use, like your grandmother or, um, or your brother, or just, you know, people who don't really care about blockchain technology. Um, in order for it to become part of their lives, um, it needs to solve a problem in their lives. Um, and so the problem that we're trying to solve with this like logistics and custodial tracking um, is sort of keeping track of who owns what or who is in possession of what and um, the history of those things. Um, so if I own like a guitar, um, I can see where the guitar came from. Um, and, you know, that's, you know that that can work if you're if you're doing a guitar blockchain and this is what like most of the other models are doing right now in this space is like somebody's coming up with a guitar blockchain and they're like i'm going to just track guitars on the blockchain well i mean that's it's <laughs> that's it's nice. like why why just guitars like <laughs> um it's the same it's, if you know software it's the same it's the same um code to track guitars or skateboards or, or, you know, a lot of different things fit into that category. So you might as well put guitars and, and skateboards in the same When are, when are we going to start? Platform. So can we make Guitar Tracker or what? Are we going <laughs> to do, do that? Now. Nick, no. people you, want this. <laughs> but so I get I, it's funny. I'm just saying, I'm saying that because my guitar is actually already on. So you, oh, oh, nice. So <laughs> that's true. I, that's so go. cool. So, so. Uh, as of right now, uh, can anybody use this, or, or is there a beta, or or what? Are, where is oh, it's the 100% working? Yeah, Sweet. so everything. If there's an Android app, there's an iOS app. Nice. Um, you you can do some really interesting things with it, with it, which kind of emerged from the software, which I've never seen before. You can so with my guitar, it has a QR code that points to its blockchain ID, and you could print out that QR code, put it on the guitar. And then if I were to leave this guitar someplace um, and somebody were to find it, they could scan the QR code with the receipt chain app and they can send me a message based on the QR code and not even know who I am. Um, and that, I, I'm not sure exactly how useful, I mean, or what that's useful for, but I know it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, if you really want to, well, I mean, uh, here's where I can see it possibly as a use case. Uh, is let's say I'm looking for something specifically. Now, yeah. I, know, I know it's off of the QR code, but can I do the reverse and possibly search for an item? Well, no, no, that's already there. You can search. So right? we already have, we already have, um, but you can do that for a lot of things, but I True. Mean, in other applications, I think. But this is, but this is interesting because you can search, because with our search, you are actually searching stores like, in stores inventories that they made available and in people's inventories that they made available. Yeah. So there you go. So, so if somebody's looking to possibly buy something, another person look to just possibly sell something that would be one benefit of the chat through the guitar or through whatever it may be. 
Right. You can also, this, this, this guitar's information, I've also made it public. So if you're searching for a guitar um, and maybe this guitar is not for sale, like I'm not selling it right now, you can still send me a message and say, hey, like, um, I'd like to buy your guitar, you know? Nice. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really cool. So right now the history is almost kind of like you got to trust it, right? uh for the for the for some for some particular items uh other items you can have you know extra verification on top of that you know already pre-verified stuff on top of that that you can attach to the blockchain as well correct yeah so what we're gonna do um we already have one account that's like this and we want to have these people and i don't have a better word for this yet i'm just calling them authenticators um and so an authenticator would be like a, a trusted source um, so we, yeah, so it'd be like you're, we have one store, it's our pilot store. They have their t-shirts on, on all in the application. Um, like I hesitate to say like the blockchain because it's like, it's not really like one blockchain. <laughs> it's, um, it's like the side chain on Ethereum, which is just one of many blockchains. But, um, so, you know, their whole inventory is on the blockchain and then, um, people can see, you know, items that came from them. And then when, when people see items come from that store, they know that they might be more authentic um, than someone else because we actually put a little logo symbol or I'm actually replacing their entire Ethereum address with a logo right now. So you can see that anybody, that anytime they own something or came passed through their hands, you'll see their logo and you can say that, well, at some point it was sold by this store, so I'm gonna trust it more. Um, so then we can also have people who like validate things. You know, if you're a jeweler, a jewel, a jeweler, yes. um, you, you, you'll, you, and somebody, and you sell things and somebody sees like that it passed through your store at some point will say, well, I'm going to trust that uh, necklace more because it came through, um, it, it came through that jeweler. Jeweler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I don't think I've ever like said that word out loud. Yeah, yeah. my family was the toughest were, word. My friend. my family in the eighties were were jewelers. Jewelers. <laughs> jewelers. Anyway, so, but I mean that is obviously the ultimate goal for the whole blockchain. Uh, should adoption happen, like uh, you want to have a complete history of everything that's ever been sold, so you can either trust it or or and see what's been done to it and. So on and so forth. I mean, this this is I had mentioned to you at some point. It's it's um like a Carfax, but for everything, the history of of, of anything that can be sold and bought. That's um, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, which is I think would be really really cool, especially when it comes down to when you buy and sell on Craigslist. Like, um, one of the big things that we hear, not a whole lot, and I don't want to create like a bunch of fud, but it's not uncommon for me to hear that somebody got attacked or stolen or robbed from trying to sell or buy something off of Craigslist. So at least yes. this can add on an extra layer of protection. Well, not only that, but like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've shown up to some places with four or five grand in my pocket, like to buy a car. Nope. I can officially tell you I've never done that. <laughs> well, I've <laughs> done that. I, I, I mean, and it feels weird. I'll tell you what, like, I don't like walking around with like $4,000 in my pocket. Yeah. It's like, not a comfortable feeling. Right. Um, so having a built-in um cryptocurrency wallet you know is to me it feels a lot safer you know because it's just a little bit harder to like you know grab somebody's cryptocurrency than it is to grab four thousand dollars in cash you know? yeah absolutely absolutely um now is there anything else that you want anybody to know 
about Receipt Chain because we also want to talk about one other project that you've been doing. Yeah, um, so I would love for people to uh, just, if you're a store, if you're a small business, um, we're, we're trying to make it useful to people already. Like, you know, if you throw out all the buzzwords, you know, blockchain, cryptocurrency, and you just need like an inventory system for your small business, and it works like that now. So if there's anybody out there who has a small store and they want to be like a, one of their original authenticators, or they want to be on our marketplace first, um, one of the first people, we love for you to try it out right now. Um, it's totally free. You can put all your stuff um, in, in the platform. There's desktop version if you go to the website and you can print out QR codes for all your stuff. Um, and then when you sell things to your customers at the cash register, if they have the app, you can transfer that data for that thing to them um, at the point of sale. So, you know, if you're a small store, I would love for people to, to try that. And for everybody else, they can download the app and try just putting their stuff on there right now. Um, and you get a free Bitcoin wallet out of it too. So Sweet. that's what I want. Wow. <laughs> well, thanks. Actually, that's, that's I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because again, we're all about pushing uh, adoption, and and it and it starts with the small people. It starts with the smaller businesses, the smaller, um, and uh, and the smaller uh, people who just want to sell on Craigslist and buy, and who are flippers and stuff. This was definitely totally. And uh, uh, Nick, before we head out of out of this section of the show, can you tell us where we can find Receipt Chain? And of course, I'm going to put some links, but just for people that are listening. Um, yeah, so on the Google App Store, uh, Play Store, and the um, iTunes Store, um, they're both um, Receipt Chain, um, one word. Um, or uh, you can go to the website, receiptchain.io, and there are links to download the app there. Yes, uh, as we were talking, I downloaded, uh, and uh, I'm going to check it out, man. I'm excited. And uh, I want to talk about, you know, we talked about community in L.A., and we met you, uh, you know, at, at various events here in L.A., whether it was Blockchain Beach or another one. Uh, we saw you at uh, Invest Summit, I believe, as well. Uh, we're very active, but you kind of, there was this crypto yacht, which I was... Uh, I, I loved attending, and I was happy you you invited us. Uh, yeah, I unfortunately couldn't go. I was sick yes, as a dog that day. <laughs> but it was excellent, dude. I, I actually met a lot of people. I thought it was a great networking event. I just wanted you to kind of t tell our audience what about th this crypto yacht that we actually all experienced, but it'd be cool to talk about how it started. And is there a far future for more of these to come? Um, yeah, I hope so. Um, so, you know, it's so crypto yacht came out of the idea of the fact that I really like boats and <laughs> well, that's I, a good so reason. When I, yeah, <laughs> well, when I, yeah. And I was living on a boat. Um, so when I started receipt chain, I, uh, and I quit my old job making accounting software, um, and was like, I'm going to do this. I needed to downsize my expenses. Uh, so I, I moved on to a sailboat. Um, and, <laughs> and it was a really small sailboat. And, um, so it was like, I kept thinking, I would go to the other, there was other people in the Marina who had bigger boats and better boats. And I was just like, man, I would love a bigger boat to live on. Like <laughs> my boat's so small and I have to shower at the gym and like, it was just, it was really hard. Um, so eventually I, I kind of like was having these meetups and I was teaching uh, solidity, uh, programming, um, uh, just kind of teaching myself at the same time. And, um, you know, we were having a couple of beers after one of the meetups. And I was like, uh, what do you guys think of like doing an ICO and buying like a big boat, right? 
And and the idea was I was going to live on the boat, right? <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah. Anyway, so then all this stuff about ICOs and our ICOs legal and all that stuff came in, and yeah. I was like, I don't know, because it would probably be like something called crypto yacht would be like such a big target, and I don't know if it would be legal or not. So I ended up not really pursuing the crypto yacht ICO, um, and instead just focusing on like something I knew was like. I don't know, more honorable <laughs> is my main project, which is receipt chain. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I didn't really do like, buy, like get the big yacht. Um, but we, um, but I did get the web website, which was cryptoyacht.com. Um, and then I was like, well, I'm going to start throwing these parties at least like, so that like, maybe it'll, I'll still be on a boat and it'll still be fun. Um, so ended up, you know, doing getting a like a crypto yacht trademark and kind of coming up with this idea cool. that maybe we'll just have like crypto yacht parties, and um and then I met the blockchain beach guys, yep. um because yeah so so they they were doing events and I was doing events and um and I was like well we should do events together, um you know they needed more like of a tech person so I was more of a tech person, um and so you know I handle more of the tech stuff for events and. And then um, with the crypto yacht, I was like, man, you guys, I've, I've got this really cool like brand called crypto yacht. Let's uh, let's like do like a uh, like a crypto yacht party, and then yeah, then we had it, and it, and it was a big success. So, so what is um, what is the goal with crypto yacht now? Now that you've done the first one, I know you got the, your trial run done. Uh, it seemed like everything went off pretty decently i know you've probably got a few hiccups here and there like everything does when they start up but what is the ultimate uh goal for crypto yet well i mean i guess it's probably it's probably off the table that it's going to be that we're going to raise a bunch of money and buy like a yacht um because <laughs> um, like you know what the truth is like it's really hard to raise money and the yeah, only the people i'm gonna say that, it's also hard to buy a yacht and they're really expensive. Yes. Like, we, we started going over the numbers of like what actual, like if you were to buy a yacht and have, um, and have people like actually come and have parties on it, you need to have like a really big yacht. Right. Yeah. Um, and these yachts are like for a yacht that you, you could have like a decent sized party with like even 50 or 75 people. That's like a hundred million dollar yacht. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so, you know, the ones, the ones that you like 300 people on a yacht, that's like $158 million yacht. Million like the one that we had the crypto yacht party on was not it. They call it a yacht, but it's really more like a party boat. Yeah. But okay. it was big. It was like four stories. Um, there were levels. The, the roof, yeah, assuming you know, with like, the stories were levels. It's, it's not like bedrooms and like, right, right. it's not. That's that's more of like what you think of. I, I think when you think of like a yacht, um, so like yeah, so it's so buying something where it would actually be in the vein of like a luxurious yacht that could still have like three hundred people on it would be astronomical. Yeah. That would be like a three hundred million dollar boat. Um, so so maybe instead it would be good to just like do more of these crypto yacht events. Um, and it's still fun, like, you yeah. know, like maybe, yeah, and maybe do more of these events here, maybe even do some, um, maybe even do some around uh, the country or even in other countries. I think um, that's a great idea. Cool. 
I smell a crossover with Princess <laughs> Cruise Lines. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You guys hear that? Princess Cruise Lines. That'd be awesome. But I, I do. Um, I, I know you shouted out Blockchain Beach. I, I, I think they do a good job in helping on, on these events. And I guess um, you guys teamed up on this then, right? Technically? Um, yeah, I teamed up with them and um, Crypto Invest Summit also advertised. Right, they and... were there. Uh, Skycoin was there, which I was a project I'm very interested in. Uh, so I was able to talk to one of them, and that was cool. Um, yeah, That's man. Right. I think, was... and, and then there was free tequila on the roof. This guy was just pouring his own tequila out. Nice. So. Oh, was there? There was this guy hey, that... who was showing like his tequila off and giving people. Hey, that was not authorized. Thanks <laughs> for telling me about that. All right. <laughs> That was funny. Hey, free tequila, cool. free tequila. So, uh, so you guys are definitely interested in getting more of these together. I thought it was pretty successful. Do you know how many people showed up? Uh, yeah, there was a little bit more than should have been there, actually. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to keep a better track of the tickets next time because we had a little bit of an overflow. Uh, but it was like a little over 300 um, people. Um Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. I'm very impressed. And thanks for inviting us. And we want to support each event uh, leading into it. And then, of course, uh, in this episode, I'll, I'll put I think you have some social media for Crypto Yacht, right? You said you got the website. So what could you just share with our audience uh, where that for anybody is? who wants to get informed in the future ones? Oh, yeah, please um, go to CryptoYacht.com and uh, sign up for the uh, news newsletter list. Um, should be a subscribe button there. Um, and that's probably the best way to keep track of Crypto Yacht. There's also a Crypto Yacht um, Twitter, and um, I, I made a Crypto Yacht Instagram, but there's not much there yet. We'll we'll flesh that out later. So right now, it's just CryptoYacht.com. So I'm glad we got to talk to Nick because Nick is a programmer, and sometimes we don't always have the chance to talk to a programmer uh, on the show. And he really dug deep on a little bit of internet history, which you know I love, Daniel. And really... What we want to do is build up community where you people who you can ask questions to. Yes, you can ask questions to us, but we're not programmers. But now we have somebody that we really like and we trust in terms of programming and what he's trying to do. So follow him on social media. Reach out to him. Ask him some questions. He's a really nice guy. He does have a normal programming job as well. So he may not be able to reach to you right away, obviously, but he's somebody you can reach out to. Yeah, and uh, he also is very involved in the LA community, like Daniel and I are. But he's actually helping put these 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 events together. Yeah. Um, and he he's been ha uh, nice enough to invite us to a lot of them, and we hope to partner and do stuff with Nick in the future. So you won't this won't be the last time you hear him on this show, probably. And we're looking forward to checking out the next crypto yacht, and maybe Daniel won't be sick this time. Yes. Week. And I just want to stop and just remind everyone. Uh, especially newcomers, thank you for coming and listening to us on the show. Uh, go to thecoinboys.com. It's a hub. It's really easy. If you go right there, you have our buttons for SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. And of course, Daniel, we are active on Twitter. We are active on Instagram. What yes. are those handles? Uh, at Coinboys Podcast for Twitter and then Coinboys Cast for Instagram. Um, we please. like funny, right? We like funny. I love funny. Our Instagram, uh, Instagram is a lot is, of funny. Yeah, Instagram is where you get the comedy. Uh, Twitter is where you get the more information. We, we do. Put we do both. We do both, but Twitter's more of like straight up. You can find our pinned tweet at the top of our Twitter is our newest episode. Always. Yeah. Check it out. So please rate, subscribe, review, follow, comment. Uh, Send us an email. Leave us a voice message. Everything. Whatever you want to do. Mail us. Telegram us. 
Uh, if you still have CompuServe and it works, hell, email us there. Uh, a A I M. I think I'm also at D Gutierrez eighty four. Anyway, AIM is is no longer around, no. but Twitter is, it's and I have heart. a personal Twitter, and it's producer BTW Daniel. What's yours? At D Gutierrez eighty four. And we'll stop shilling our social media handles, and we'll see you next time. Next time, peace.